I'm Candace Lim. And I'm Rachel Hampton, and you're listening to ICYMI. In case you missed it. Slate's podcast about internet culture. And wow, can you believe that summer is almost over? Like August is slipping away into a moment in time. Rachel, do you feel like you had a classic summery summer? Um, I mean, I it was hot. Mm-hmm. I sweated. I had a crush. I ate some peaches, some tomatoes. So I would say I had a classic summer. Importantly, I had not made it to the beach at all this summer. And so Mm -hmm. this weekend, I was like, you know what? My job is beach. (laughs) And so I went to the beach. I did not get sunburnt, which I did last year. And it was a crime against me personally. I brought my little beach read, which was not beach read by Emily Henry, but was um, called Voices from the Grave. And it is a book about the troubles. Who's surprised? <laughs> no one, because this is actually a troubles podcast. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good book? Good beach book? Honestly, yeah. It was really interesting. I mean, I love this book. It's really great. It's basically interviews with Brendan Hughes, who was a member of the IRA, and David Irvine, who was a member of a loyalist paramilitary. So it's a lot of first-person narrative. Anyway, I'm going to stop talking now. What are you reading? (laughs) Okay. So I would say that I've actually had a pretty good reading summer, which surprised me a bit. You know, some of the books that I've liked so far are like Practice Makes Perfect by Sarah Adams. It's about this girly who owns a small town flower shop, falls in love with the security guard. Ooh, classic. Then... I read this really good time travel book. It's called The Good Part by Sophie Cousins. It's about this like 20-something in London. She hates her life. She hates her commute. And then magically, she kind of does like a 13 going on 30 and she transports to her life like a decade or so later. And she's like, oh my God, what happened? Take me back. I'm like so grateful for what I have. But I did also try to read a few pages of a book about hockey, something I don't usually engage in. And it's by Hannah Grace. And the book is called Icebreakers. Oh, wait, I've heard of this. I've definitely heard of this. This is like a book talk fave, isn't it? Yeah, it's a book talk fave. And it's about a figure skater in college who is forced to share the school rink with the hockey team. But when her figure skating partner gets injured, one of the hockey players, he like steps in and trains Mm, with her. So like step up, but on ice and no Channing Tatum. Oh, no. And the thing is, like, they fall in love or whatever. But the reason I say whatever is because I did not finish this book. I could not get past the fact that they named the school UC Maple Hills, which is like a fictional UC school. And as someone from California, this is just such a (laughs) weird fake place to make up and more importantly this book has kind of been like the impetus for a weird intense situation that's going on on book talk i mean i am fascinated by the inner california rivalry that is happening clearly but you were right early this summer a subset of book talk got really into icebreaker and also just really into the hockey romance subgenre in general We mentioned Icebreaker. There was also a book by Emily Rath called Pucking Around that was very popular. It was basically the summer of hockey over on Book Talk, which led to an influx of fans into the hockey community. And by fans, I mean 
mostly really, really horny readers of hockey romances who were thirsting after real life NHL players. And I'm sure y'all can see where this is going. There was one book talker in particular whose love of pucking around maybe went a little too far. Mm-hmm. In particular, she fixated on one hockey player who plays for the Seattle Kraken, and she was invited to games. She was given custom merch, all this stuff, and it was very fun, very games, until that hockey player's wife got involved. TikToks were deleted, and a lot went down. The thing is, the summer's been busy, clearly. Addison Ray has been producing bops. The Dragons, they've been dungeoning. And we are just now wrapping our heads around this mess. But the thing is, Book Talk is one of the most intriguing places on the internet. So I think we should just dive right in. Oh, heck yeah. So we're going to talk about why the girls were fighting over on Hockey Book Talk after a quick break. Hey, y'all. If you love our podcast, then please consider subscribing to Slate Plus. When you subscribe to Slate Plus, you get no ads on any Slate podcast, including your favorite one. I see why am I. Speaking of your favorite podcast, Slate Plus also helps keep our show going. I see why am I would not be possible without the support of Slate Plus subscribers. You will also get bonus segments or episodes on shows like Slow Burn, The Waves, Big Mood, Little Mood, and Hang Up and Listen. And hey, maybe one day... I see why am I? You have to sign up for Slate Plus to find out. You'll also get unlimited reading on the Slate website, which means you get access to every single article and advice column on Slate without ever hitting the paywall. To sign up, just visit slate.com slash ICYMI plus. That is slate.com slash ICYMI plus. And we're back. Before we get started, I'm going to just... I'm going to just get this out the way because the thing is, I know Romance Landia. I know y'all are out there. I am not going to be attacked by y'all. So I'm going to establish our romance bona fides. I said this on the pod before. I love romance novels. I've written about romance novels. I have profiled romance novelists. Some of my favorites are Talia Hibbert, Beverly Jenkins. And honestly, I can even fuck with some Nora Roberts here and there, specifically her like Someone has been murdered in a small town, but also someone's in love. Genre, I love it. It's kind of cozy and kind of scary. Candace, you mentioned a few romance novels that you recently read, but do you have any other authors you wish to recommend? Yes. So my taste leans a little more like Jasmine Guillory, Helen Huang, Emily Henry, Elisa Sussman. I also tend to lean toward books that are about Hollywood people who don't want to be in Hollywood anymore. So for example, Business or Pleasure by Rachel Lynn Solomon. Definitely a book I really enjoyed this year. Well, we've gotten that out of the way. And the thing is, I could talk to you about, honestly, any genre of romance for the rest of my life. But it's important to note for the non-romance readers that The romance genre has a few unbreakable rules, but besides those, it's basically Burger King. You can (laughs) have it your way. You can have it anyway. You can have it multiple ways. There's paranormal romance about every single creature you could think of. There's fantasy romance. There's cowboy romance. There's firefighter romance. There's police romance if you're a real freak. There's sports romance. All that to say, hockey romance existed before this summer. It will continue to exist after this summer. But sometimes there's a brief, beautiful moment 
where the denizens of book talk just really latch onto a specific book or series like Song of Achilles or Ice Planet Barbarians, if you know, you know, or onto a genre like hockey romance. Mm -hmm. And like we said before the break, this was the spring and summer of hockey romance. Why? Well, I think we have a sneaking suspicion it has something to do with the fact that one of Hockey Talk's most popular books, Pucking Around by Emily Rath, came out in March of this year, which was right around when Hockey Romance started going viral on TikTok. That then ended up benefiting another Hockey Talk fave, Icebreaker by Hannah Grace, which was released in November of 2022. And featured your favorite UC campus, Maple Hill. No! It did, but no. <laughs> also, okay, by the way, did you know that Hannah Grace is British, which means that, like, she has no continental awareness of what a UC <laughs> is. She was never going to get it right. I just don't even know why she tried. It's so weird. You know, and it's about to get weirder because we're about to embark on a journey together that starts, I would say, with this TikTok from Kira Lewis, where she's describing her physical reaction to reading Pucking Around. Do not read this book in public. I just left the nail shop. It's literally right there. I just left the nail shop. Tell me why I had to tip extra. Tip 30 damn percent. Because when I got, I, been, I was literally in, I can't even talk straight. Girl, these boys got me seeing stars and they ain't even touching me. I was literally in the chair reading this bitch, blushing and everything. I should have realized not only was I blushing up here, the kitty was on another fucking level. This video was posted in April. It has currently about 187,000 views, which is, I'm going to be honest, a little low for Kiara. She currently has about 1.1 million followers, and some of her more popular videos get between 3 million and 12 million views. So before we go on, Candace, how do you feel about this video? Uh, oh, wow. Okay. So I have to say, I think with between the two of us, we have both like heard or read language like this before, you know, whether it's among our friends or like from other TikTokers talking about thirsting after, oh, I don't know, a celebrity who's like in a men's health photo shoot. I have to admit that when I first watched this, I thought it was funny because she was just putting so much mm, gusto about some guy from a random book like she was putting so much energy into it and i think that energy is part of why her followers love her content which is very squarely in the book talk realm kiara is recommending spicy novels she's giving her thoughts on the netflix show the summer i turned pretty she's updating people that blake lively has been cast in the upcoming adaptation of colleen hoover's book it ends with us mm-mm mm-mm Mm-mm, mm-mm. This is an anti-Colleen Hoover podcast. <laughs> but I think this helps paint a picture of where our journey is beginning, which is when Kara starts getting really into hockey. And I mean, really, really into hockey. Here's her review of another hockey romance, Iced Out by Veronica Eden. Girl, fuck hot girl summer, bitch. I, I'm retiring the streets. After reading this book, I want a home. Here's her, you know, commentating on a Stanley Cup game. Let's get it! Whoever this man is, I'm on my knees for you, player. Because you did the damn thing. Hello. Here's her expressing her appreciation for the warm-up exercises that hockey players do before their games, which includes some very important groin exercises. And I'm going to let you use your imagination here. 
I'm convinced hockey warm-ups is where the real entertainment happens. Watch this. And here's her watching her very first hockey game, which features a team that has become the unofficial team of book talk, the Seattle Krakens. Come on, Seattle! Crack bang back! Crack bang! Matter of fact, crack my back! Crack my back! And here's where you might say things start going downhill, though it's not clear that that's what's going to happen, because the thing is, the Seattle Krakens are into the attention, at least for now. I mean, they comment on the video we just played. They're saying stuff like, energy is unmatched, and we love this. And they just fully lean in. They changed their bio on TikTok to mostly book talk, and they're posting videos that some might describe as thirst traps. So like, you know, it's like players walking in slow motion, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And one player in particular gets singled out for special attention, not just by Kiera, but by a lot of book talk readers of hockey romance. His name is Alex Winberg. He's Swedish. He's 28. He joined the Seattle Kraken in 2021. And he was described by Rolling Stone as possessing, quote, chiseled Nordic good looks. The tag of his name on TikTok has over 12 million views, which is kind of a lot for like some random (laughs) Swedish hockey player. And most of the videos up until this recent controversy are basically fan cams. All of this changes in early May when Kiera's invited by the Seattle Krakens to a playoff game of theirs. I think it's really important to hammer home how much the Seattle Kraken are playing into this at this point, because not only do they invite her to a game, but they also like make her a personalized jersey that has the word book talk emblazoned across the back of it. And listen, who can blame them? Because there is no way the marketing team for an NHL hockey team really understands what they're doing by courting book talk's favor. Exactly. I imagine they saw their team start going viral. Someone in the little marketing suite Googled, what is book talk? They read a few, you know, New York Times articles, Washington Post articles on how it propelled people like Madeline Miller into superstar status. And they were like, hell yeah, let's sell some seats. Mm -hmm. What they didn't realize is that they were basically trying to put a leash on a very horny dragon. (laughs) I think that's exactly it. And the thing is, like, I can't help but wonder how much of this they actually ran by their players. Because here's an example of the kind of commentary that Kiara is providing in a seat that was given to her by the team. Okay, and something I also noticed is that if you look in the comments of this video, someone says to Kiara, babe, just because there's glass doesn't mean the players can't hear you, which I don't know why I also thought the glass at hockey games was soundproofed. (laughs) Uh, It's not. And apparently Kiara did too. She makes a follow-up video where she's like, I thought it was like the zoo. I thought that they couldn't hear me. And she's kind of sheepishly like... Oh, God. But then she's like, call me. (laughs) (laughs) Which I feel like really demonstrates that we are basically dealing with two parties who know next to nothing about each other. Oh, yeah. And by the way, in that TikTok, Kiara says that the team 
is going to fly her out first class to a game in Chicago. Like this just reminds me of like NBA players flying out Instagram models to away games like Tristan Thompson. Oh, he's played this game and he knows it's not going to end well. So from here, Kiara continues making her usual content and she, you know, ramps up her hockey activism with the now tacit support of not just the Seattle Krakens, but other NHL brands, leading more and more people to discover Alex Winberg, who currently has like 56,000 followers on Instagram compared again to Kiara's 1.1 million on TikTok. And then we hit the first bump in the road. Well, Actually, it depends on if you count, oh, I don't know, shouting sexually suggestive comments at men while they're working when you thought they couldn't hear you, a bump. In which case, we're at the second bump. And that bump's name is Felicia. Felicia is the wife of one Alex Winberg, and Felicia's had enough. She's done. On July 28th, she releases an Instagram statement on her story, which is the first time the Winbergs have addressed this tsunami of thirst that has been raining down upon them for the past four months. The statement reads in part, quote, so I've joked before and called my husband book talks wink bank and honestly did not mind. I always thought Alex was the most beautiful person in the world and that it just seems the world finally caught up to it. Then she goes on to say that she thinks some TikTok users content about Alex had, quote, crossed the line and become predatory and exploiting. In her second Insta story, she posted a screenshot of the comment section of one of Kiara's videos, which showed Alex doing one of those now infamous groin stretches. Kiara's name was visible in the screenshot, as was the username of a commenter who said, quote, the score and all three of my holes took me out, end quote. So... Felicia writes, quote, what doesn't sit with me is when your desires come with sexual harassment, inappropriate comments, and the fact that with the Internet, we can normalize behavior that would never be OK if we flip the genders around to a guy doing this to a female athlete. I mean, no hate on the book talk community, just a little request for people to think twice about their comments slash videos or chanting crack my back at humans with feelings, end quote. I'm gonna be honest. Pretty good statement. Which. Considering the fact that she says in the statement that she wrote her final dissertation on sexual consent makes sense. Like, there's clearly a line being crossed here. And people are taking their line-crossing comments off of TikTok, not just into Alex's Instagram comments, but into real life. And as much as I hate doing that, you know, if this was a women thing... If this was a woman, we would all be pretty grossed out. And I think it's fair for his wife to be like, hey, I'm glad y'all are having fun, but <laughs> we're real people. Yeah. And the thing is, I think Felicia is actually showing some generosity here with her statement because she says up top that she knows people DM her husband and try to shoot their shot. She knows that people try to literally get after her husband when he is clearly married and she has somehow found peace with that reality, which is hard, but I kind of take that to mean that this is not about jealousy at all. However, I guess where she draws the line is when people, I guess, are like taunting or making pretty overt comments about what they want him to do, what they want to do to him and to his face, and like using his likeness or image on TikTok to express those sexual desires or acts like I think what she's maybe trying to do here is kind of 
set the boundaries a bit and be like, hey, there is a difference between fancying someone and making very inappropriate comments that do indeed cross the line into sexual harassment. I think that's really fair. But speaking of boundaries, we are setting one right now because it's time for a break. After the break, we will be back with a cascade of statements. It's raining statements here on ICYMI. And we're back, continuing the saga of Hockey Talk, which I keep wanting to say as Honky Tonk. Same. We're not talking about Honky Tonk. (laughs) Anyway, where'd we leave off? (laughs) It looks like Alex's wife had just published her first statement on the entire thing. And importantly, you said first statement because Mm -hmm. there's more. There's a lot of statements. (laughs) We are stating things. Mm. So Felicia basically says, listen, yes, I get it. My husband, hot. I know. But um, please think about the fact that if you wouldn't say the things you're saying to his or my face, maybe don't say them online, which I think that's uh, some wise advice from one Felicia. So Felicia posts her statement. That same day, Kiara publishes a video that most assume was a direct response to Felicia, even though she does not name Felicia. So to see these accusations or to see people mad about me saying crack my fucking back, baby, it's TikTok. People are making a fucking salary doing AI. We don't take shit seriously. And unless you're a chiropractor, you really can't crack my back. Elsewhere in this clip, Kira talks about how other celebrities have engaged with her content and their moms have found it funny. She also talks about how the phrase crack my back comes from break my back. So it's like a derivative, lighthearted phrase. She says the video is so old that like so much time has passed. Why are you making a fuss about it now? I have to say, in total, I'm not exactly sure if this defense tactic is looking great for her. Okay, because unless I miss something, which it's my job not to miss things, famously, (laughs) break my back is still a sexual reference. Yeah. Okay, please let me know if there's an alternative meaning. So things are not looking great. They continue to not look great. Later that day... Kiara publishes a video saying that the Seattle Kraken had unfollowed her on TikTok, though it is unclear at what time that happened. They also changed their TikTok bio to What's Kraken, which phenomenal PR move, fellas. Let's just pretend it didn't happen. Super great. They wipe their feed of those kind of thirsty fan cami videos of their players. And now it is time for yet another statement, okay? This is Felicia's second statement, which is directly addressing Kira this time, though she doesn't name her. And the statement goes, quote, I really wanted my post to be one statement and be taken for what it was a request for accountability, respect, boundaries, and for people to educate themselves on sexual harassment, consent, and the double standard I see online, she wrote. I am, however, sorry that the creator to the video took this as a direct attack on her. Felicia goes on to say that she included the screenshot of Kara's video to highlight, quote, the problematic following and harassing behavior, end quote, that some book talk content can create. She also added that she was receiving comments on her Instagram that basically just further proved her point. Felicia writes, I understand that people are confused by the timing of my statement, 
But while the creators hung up on it being four months since she posted the video, she and her following seem unable to grasp, but the video continued to show up in our life on a daily basis. And that video she's talking about is the one of Alex stretching. Felicia also said she had an issue, quote, with the toxic collective, end quote, not Kiara personally, which is why she didn't respond to her messages. Quote, with that said, I don't want people to go after her. However, if you post videos that make people uncomfortable, maybe the videos are the issue and not the people that are made uncomfortable by them. End quote. It's a good question. And what's that? That's the sound of another incoming statement. This one's from Alex himself. And the thing is, this is the first time he has publicly addressed any of this. He writes on an Instagram story, Quote, over the last couple of days, me and especially my wife have been getting lots of criticism about speaking up on sexual harassment on TikTok. As someone who's been media trained my whole career, I've been taught to bite my tongue and to leave it instead of making a statement. But it has gone too far for me to stay quiet when people post vile comments on my wife's Instagram and on photos of our child. And in this Instagram story, he continues, quote, I'm all for the book talk community to write books and fiction about hockey, but the aggressive language about real life players is too much. It has turned into daily and weekly comments on our personal social media. This is not something we support or want our child to grow up with. All we ask for is a little respect and common sense regarding moving forward. He continues, we can all take a joke and funny comments, but when it turns personal and into something bigger that affects our family, we need to tell you that we have had enough. Enough of sexual harassment and harassment over character and our relationship. Thank you for understanding. Ah, this is rough for them. Um, Is this the last statement? No. Of course it's not. This one's from Kira, who posts a message to TikTok. We are kind of running out of time here. So the highlights of the statement are that Kiara said she had reached out to Felicia to apologize and offer a solution, such as deleting all the videos, but she never got a response from Felicia. Kiara also says that the Seattle Kraken's TikTok gained 60,000 followers after she attended their playoff game, and they had always appeared to encourage her videos. Quote, instead of messaging me and explaining what was going on, the Kraken social media team just covered their tracks by deleting all videos related to BookTok and Wenberg, she said. So I then went to TikTok to defend myself and explain my side of the story. And that's kind of the end of it. Like, obviously, people are still peopling. And if you go to the comments of Felicia's Instagram, it is truly just like World War Three. People just endlessly debating over the situation. People are on Felicia's side. People are on Kiara's side. People should get the fuck out of this woman's Instagram comments. Kiara has returned to her usually scheduled book talk programming and hasn't talked about hockey in about a month. So I think it's safe to say the Seattle Kraken won't see her at any other games. I gotta say, when we first started talking about this idea for the show, I was like, a wild ride in the book community? Can't wait. Give it to me. Delicious. <laughs> and now I'm kind of like, damn, everyone kind of sucks a little bit here. Felicia and I was standing. And also Alex. They did what they had to. But like, everyone else kind of sucks. Yeah. And I think this incident probably opens up a bigger discussion about the state of thirst in 2023, specifically toward male celebrities or let's say public figures, because 
I'll admit that I did not know where I sat on the situation because I do think internet thirsting has gotten more and more intense, especially with Tumblr and Twitter, but especially with women who get really, really high engagement numbers for those tweets. Now, I will admit that I have read their tweets before and I have laughed, like when Bolu Babalola tweeted about Michael B. Jordan and she like met him because of it. And then remember when Lizzo and Chris Evans were like DMing and she shot her shot and then she like goes on SNL and makes a joke about being pregnant with his child. By the way, I read those DMs back and I have to say that for some reason in 2023, they made me cringe so bad. I was like so uncomfortable, but I don't really know why. Okay, Candace, same. Like, if you've listened to our Pedro Pascal episode or our Internet Boyfriends episode or the little half-baked comments that are thrown off in every other episode, you it's pretty clear that I love a little bit of Internet thirst. But I really do agree that something has changed in the water over the past few years. Like, it used to be Evian, and now it's kind of giving Dasani, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> what used to feel pretty unequivocally joyful now Loki stresses me out like mm. I cannot watch BuzzFeed make celebrities read their sweets anymore which used to be one of my favorite activities and I know I said I don't know why but I actually have a few theories as to why Ooh, okay Professor Hampton let me buckle in take out my pencil I'm ready to take notes okay so I think the most important thing that has changed in the state of internet thirst is that the incentives, specifically the financial incentives, have changed. Twitter and Tumblr are kind of like the urtex for viral internet thirst, but we all know no one's making money off of those websites. There is no benefit to going viral on Twitter besides people being annoying <laughs> in your comments for literally months. You can't really become a celebrity yourself on those platforms for thirsting in the way that you can on TikTok. Thirst on Twitter and Tumblr usually felt pretty one way unless BuzzFeed was forcing celebrities to engage. But then it really very clearly felt like celebrities engaging with the unwashed masses, you know, like there was a clear power dynamic there. You are right in that, you know, in the situation we're talking about right now, it's also really not clear who has the power here. Because, like, is it Kiera? Because she has more followers. Is it Alex and his wife, who singled out a young Black TikToker for a phenomenon that she definitely popularized but did not start at all? You know, this is a phenomenon that was also encouraged by Alex's employer, who literally flew out someone to sit front row at his place of work and make explicit comments about several of his teammates, like, during their warm-ups. I really can't blame Kira for being like, yo, what the fuck is this switch-up? Like, you guys literally paid me cash money to come, and now you're like, actually, we're embarrassed. Mm -hmm. I feel like the one thing that is very clear here is that the Seattle Kraken shouldn't have engaged with any of this. But, again... The financial incentives have changed. They're a hockey team who probably needs to sell some seats who I'm assuming didn't actually understand what was happening because why would you understand the dynamics of book talk if you're not being paid to do so? Which goes back to my point, which is always about capitalism. Money is changing hands in a way that just was not happening on Tumblr and Twitter. A TikTok user can literally single-handedly turn around the business of a restaurant or an author, or a hockey team, which means that like a business's stakeholders feel 
beholden to courting TikTokers in a way that they just wouldn't with Twitter or Tumblr users. And speaking of Twitter and Tumblr, more people use TikTok than either one of those platforms, like to an exponential degree. Going viral on TikTok means millions more eyeballs are on you than going viral on previous platforms, which means that being the subject of a thirst tweet is really different than being the subject of a thirst TikTok. I also have one more theory that we can't really get into, which is that the internet has collapsed context so much that we're unable to really understand like degrees of celebrity. Like Alex Winberg is not Chris Evans and doesn't have access to the same resources that Chris Evans does. So thirsting after them is entirely different. But also we need to wrap this up. This episode could go on for a long time. Yeah. And I know you said everyone in this situation sucks here, but if you had to choose... Who's the real villain here? And you cannot say capitalism. Wow. Now you're taking the wind out of my little sails. (laughs) (laughs) I think the real villains here are clearly the people who are commenting on photos of a hockey player's child to either talk about how hot they think this kid's dad is or how dumb they think this kid's mom is for defending her husband. Like, get a life! Stay away from her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I do think you're correct because there are still people to this day who are commenting on the wife's Instagram about this book talk situation. They're literally saying she's right. They're saying she's wrong. And it just all kind of feels like the Selena Gomez, Haley Bieber situation again, where people just keep bringing something up. But like, we've moved past it. Kira, she's now reading Colleen Hoover. We are past <laughs> this. So why aren't you? But in other news, Rachel, should we go to a hockey game? I... Okay, that's the show. We'll be back in your feed on Saturday. So definitely subscribe. That way, you never miss an episode. Leave us a rating and a review in Apple or Spotify and tell your friends about us. You can follow us on Twitter at ICYMI underscore pod, which is also where you can DM us your questions like, where is the Stanley Cup right now? And you can always drop us a note at ICYMI at slate.com. ICYMI is produced by Sarah Spragley-Ricks, Candace Slim, and me, Rachel Hampton. Daisy Rosario is our senior supervising producer, and Alicia Montgomery is Slate's vice president of audio. See you online. Or on Golf Book Talk.